Hi, my name is Viktor Lövgren and you're listening to Shaping New Realities, a podcast about Swedish Institute alumni striving for a gender-equal world. Each episode of this podcast features a Swedish Institute alum selected to participate in the Stockholm Forum on Gender Equality earlier this year, and given a grant to organize an event on the theme of gender equality in their home country. Last week, our producer Luvu Lysarides gave us a story from India on how brand new technology is used to fight sexual violence. This week, Luvu meets the Swedish Institute alum Tony Lashton in Belarus to talk about social media activists and their fight for freedom. Uh, yesterday we found out that uh, an initiative called uh, Stop LGBTQ have uh, been started in Belarus. And there were some screams towards him and his friends. Uh, that, oh look, faggots, beaters in Russian. I would get hundreds, hundreds of messages uh, describing in detail how I would be raped, killed, like gangbanged and stuff. And you know why? A uh, heterosexist system destroyed me. Uh, it made me to be ashamed of who I am and to hate myself. This week, we're in Belarus with Swedish Institute alum Tony Lashton for a story on social media activists and their fight for freedom. You know, the moment when you see that people are actually wishing you to be dead and then to be raped, to be strangled, that scared shit out of me. We begin in the heart of Minsk, the capital of Belarus. I'm with Andrei Savale, a Belarusian LGBTQ activist. Oh, it's so windy. We're standing on a parking lot outside of Minsk. It's raining. Belarusians are driving past us in their cars on their way to work. For most people, this is just a regular parking lot. Nothing special. But for Andrei, this place is very important. This is the place where gay party was organized in 2014. It was just a regular party, but after... It was the huge, um, dramatical situation when Misha Pishevsky was beaten after he was just going to his cab. Misha Pishevsky, a 34-year-old construction worker from Minsk, was heading home from a party when a couple of guys approached him. So yeah, he with his friends, he just walked out, walk out from the club and downstairs and going to the taxi right here. And there were some screams towards him and his friends uh, that, oh, look, faggots, beaters in Russian. There were quite a lot of people out that night witnessing what was happening. And no one reacted, which, to be honest, might not be that surprising. Homophobic comments and street harassment is something that many LGBTQ people in Belarus, and we should say in many other parts of the world as well, have become somewhat used to. But this time, it was different. Instead of just verbally harassing him, one guy starts running towards him. For a year and a half, he was in hospital. He was in vegetative state, and 20% of his brain was uh, deleted. Misha Pishevsky was not an activist. He was not a well-known person. He hadn't even come out of the closet, and everything happened quickly. One of the guys ran up to him, started yelling homophobic slurs and hit him. Misha fell and hit the sidewalk, and because of the severe brain damage caused by the fall, the doctors weren't able to save his life. So, this particular place is the, the final one, yeah. I don't know how to explain you. 
I I dream about some monument, some informational sign. Maybe in future we will able to do this because as you can see nothing is mm, explaining for us what happened here and nobody cares, people just doing their business. Because our lives are so mm, have some so low price and we are so invisible and all I want is Misha's uh, death was not forgotten and his, his story um, would live and to remind everybody about the, the danger of homophobia. Um, I mean, it's going all right. I have a team of volunteers with me, so we are doing, I don't know, the preparation of the spice, you know, checking the sound, checking the lights, doing all of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite confident, you know, everyone is prepared, everyone knows their own role. Yeah, so I mean, it's it feels good. Cool. This is Tony Lashton, a Swedish Institute alumni activist. A couple of years ago, he was given a grant by the Swedish Institute to study media and communications at Stockholm University. Tony's the kind of person that would walk into a room and immediately get everyone's attention. You can tell that he's a role model here. Today, Tony is organizing an event on online harassment and LGBTQ rights, financed through a grant from the Swedish Institute. So, in English, uh, I use thy pronoun, and then in Swedish I use hen pronoun, but in Russian, as you might be aware, when we have only two options, and those are she and he, pronouns and there is literally no other way of talking about yourself uh, yeah it's either you as a she or you as a he I use he pronoun to sort of address the issue that though I might express my identity uh, in a feminine way there is still some queer kind of struggle going on Tony is somewhat of a veteran when it comes to online activism he's been doing it for several years now both in Belarus and abroad but being an activist online comes with a price I think it, uh, it is a weekday. It's 2014, a normal weekday. Tony's in his kitchen. And uh, I'm just sitting in the social networks and uh, as I'm using uh, basically my laptop version. Um, and, you know, usually when you do that, there are a lot of small tabs uh, popping up when you have messages. So at one point I had, you know, just to- like tens and tens of messages uh, incoming and then people who are following me on different social media they would send me like are you aware that there is a discussion going on about your personal details on this forum and I was like no I'm not aware about and when I log in there uh, I see that uh, actually the page I'm, uh, I'm coming in is the page like number 125. Without his knowledge anonymous people on the forum Holy War have started talking about it and hundreds are joining the discussion. And while Tony's sitting at home in his kitchen, he realizes that all of a sudden he has become a target. And this is where it gets crazy. I've met a lot of people here in Belarus who have been the targets of coordinated online attacks, and every experience is horrible in its own way. But one thing that strikes me about these stories is that level of intensity and how quickly it gets really scary. There is my home address with, you know, all the details like code of entry in my house, like house, uh, my flat number, basically everything. And uh, that scared shit out of me. 
this is personal information and it shouldn't be there. Uh, but then I spent the next five days of my life basically being so afraid of going out of my own apartment. Um, yeah, well, because you never know. I mean, uh, as, at that period of time, I was uh, reading all the posts that people wrote. And, you know, the moment when you see that people are actually wishing you to be dead and then to be raped, to be strangled. Right now, my hate thread is like one and five hundred pages long, and it has started in 2014. So you know, for four years, people just go to a specific website where they post things they hate about me. And this is exactly what Tony's event is about today. How can we reclaim the internet and make sure that activists can survive there? Because the hostility online has increased, and Tony actually describes it like a battlefield or even a war between activists like him and anonymous haters. And instead of being afraid in silence, Tony wants the young generation to step up their game and react. For Tony, it started four years ago, but it hasn't stopped. Her opponents are following each and every step he takes. And this event isn't an exception. Today I got a death threat and uh, a threat from a person to rape me because I was using uh, masculine pronouns. Uh, we are now uh, trying to promote the event we're doing in Minsk. So there has been uh, really huge uh, tension between us and another group of people in the city. There is a guy who is, you know, very upset with having a feminist in his country and in his city. Because of the tension and the threats, security guards are now standing by every door in the venue, carefully making sure that no one uninvited is trying to get in. Everyone is being checked when they enter. They even look at my microphone in a suspicious tick, way. Tick, 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 tick. But soon the room is filled with young people. They've come from all parts of the country to attend a panel discussion on discrimination, non-binary people's rights and... Testing, testing, testing. To attend a workshop with main attraction. One, two, three. One, one, two, three. So this is Nika Vodvod, but on YouTube she goes by the name of Nixel Pixel. She has almost half a million subscribers, and she's a big deal here. In between taking selfies with young people and giving interviews to other journalists, I get a chance to sit down with her. Um, this is about like a cooking video, cooking video, ukulele video. She scrolls down her YouTube channel on her phone. Okay, so International uh, Women's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, it says patriarchy here. And it's burning. Если вы не знаете, что такое менструальные чаши, то сейчас ваша жизнь поделится просто на до и после. Серьезно. When it comes to social media activism and Russian-speaking feminists on YouTube, Nika is one of the most important voices of today. She's been invited by Tony to Belarus to give a workshop to young Belarusians about how they can become social media activists as well. In a context where uh, mainstream media doesn't really talk about these issues at all, social media and Bloggers and activists are probably the only um, people who can provide an alternative source of information and uh, and to be these figures who uh, help um, minorities to feel less alone. Nika is talking about light, about sound, about editing, about her experiences being a YouTube star. Nika has a really down-to-earth approach, encouraging everyone to give it a try. Uh, okay, so right now we're doing a workshop on how to uh, film a YouTube video, uh, an activist uh, YouTube video. Um, and I'm explaining all the steps that I usually take when I approach this. But just like Tony, Nika knows what it means talking about sensitive issues on the internet today. I, I, I would get hundreds hundreds of messages uh, 
describing in detail how I would be raped, killed, like gang-banged and stuff, how they would find my house. They found my address, found my all my personal information. They started to post my photos of my house uh, and guys would post pictures of their weapons, which they had, like, and asking for money, who would pay them to come and kill me, I guess. <laughs> what? Uh, they would call my parents, call my phone, they would post my phone on websites, um, like, uh, like on sex websites. At one point, her family even considered getting her a bodyguard. That's right after she posted a video about feminism. But Nika refused. She's thought a lot about why her videos are causing so much anger and hate. Uh, I'm just really challenging their status quo and everything that makes them who they are, who they think they are, because I'm challenging their yeah masculinity and their images of uh, success and happiness in their life, I guess. Uh, and that must feel really... Well, that must feel really weird to them and because they were socialized the way they are socialized as men anger is probably like the emotion they're taught to turn to so to Nika this is what it all comes down to challenging the status quo whether it's about identifying as a feminist or using a non-binary pronoun or this one woman I spoke to who just wanted to talk about veganism online Everyone shares an ambition to push the boundaries for what's socially accepted in Belarus today. The whole point of today, I guess, is to show people that they can be activists. Uh, and if, if people uh, leave uh, this place with a feeling of... Well, it sounds cheesy, but like with a feeling of hope that they can do something and that there are other people who are actually doing something and changing something, well, that would, that would be great. Yeah, and I think like this event was uh, impactful in that way. When the event is over and people are slowly leaving the conference, I get a hold of Tony. Because it means that now we have at least 200 people who would show up because they understand that, okay, this is not supposed to happen. Like, you can't prosecute people for who they are. You can't prosecute people because you don't agree with them. For me, it's about each and every citizen in the country understanding that they matter and their voice matter and uh, their problems matter. Before we leave Belarus, I meet up with Andre again in downtown Minsk. Andre was one of the participants in the workshop and he says he's determined to continue to fight against homophobia and for the memory of Misha Pishevsky. Andre shows me one of his favorite places in the city. It's a singing chair. Whenever you sit on it, the chair starts singing. Oh. Let's try to stand up. And when you stand Maybe up, it, will start. it stops. You just listened to the second episode of Shaping New Realities. It's a podcast about Swedish Institute alumni striving for a gender equal world. It was produced by the Swedish Institute, Victor Lagren and me, Lovo Lysarides. All episodes are available wherever you find your podcast. And to find out more about the Swedish Institute, visit www.si.se. In our next episode, we'll go to Malawi, one of the world's most unequal countries, according to some, for a story about how one radio station is changing it all. 
You're listening to TWR, your friendly voice, and now the time is half past four. The church is blind to gender inequality. You, you then we said it on on radio, so how can you say that? But that was interesting, so you know. For more, go to www.si.se/alone. See you then. Goodbye.